Happy 4th of July, everybody. I hope you, your family, and your friends are, are having fun celebrating the Independence Day of our great country. Oh, yeah. Over the weekend, there were some fireworks that went off on the recruiting trail as another player commits to the Ohio State University. Who was the player? Jermaine Matthews Jr. What's so big about him? Why is this so big for the Buckeyes? We'll tell you right here on today's episode of Locked on Buckeyes. You are Locked on Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Buckeyes fans? Welcome back to the episode of Locked on Buckeyes, part of Locked on Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. It is Monday, July 4th in the year 2022, and I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply. On today's episode, we will look at the tight end position and what we can expect from them in 2022. And also think about a little wrinkle that Ryan Day has with G. Scott Jr. Trust me, that'll be a whole lot of fun. But first, there was a boom over the weekend, technically on Friday, but it was a holiday weekend. So we will call it the weekend, even though it was on Friday, as Jermaine Matthews Jr., four-star corner back from the state state of Ohio, from Cincinnati to be specific, committed to the Ohio State University. We talked about him last week when John Garcia was on. We got a little glimpse about him as a player what he brings to the table, and why this could be a big get for Ohio State. Think about what to what happened last week with Ohio State recruiting. Well, two weeks ago, we had three receivers in one week. Carnell Tate, Brandon Ennis, Noah Rogers on back-to-back-to-back days, three consecutive days. Think to what happened this past week. We had three cornerbacks, guys that will be going up against those, those receivers and practice committed in three in one week, we had Kyan Lee, we had uh, Jermaine Matthews Jr., and the other one escapes me, forgive me for that, ah, Calvin Simpson Hunt. And so you think about what happened for two weeks ago when you had those, or three weeks ago now, those receivers in the following week, the corners, what are we seeing with Ohio State? The receivers and the skill positions, those will get the clicks. But Ryan Day, Tim Walton, Perry Eliano, and the defensive coaching staff, coaching staff in general, they realize just like many of us do, if you want clicks, if you want to get a team that could just do great things on offense, receivers, quarterbacks, they'll get you those things that you can accomplish that goal. But if you want to win a championship, you have to get elite talent at every position. And I believe Jermaine Matthews Jr. does that and helps Ohio State with that goal that they want to accomplish. Six foot even. 175, 180 pounds from Whitten Woods High School. He chose Ohio State over Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Alabama, Jackson State, and Georgia Tech. You may say, Jay, why would he have an HBCU in his final list? Well, Deion Sanders is down there at Jackson State, played a position not only in college, but also in the National Football League. And I'm saying, hey, if I could be coached by Deion, <laughs> I would entertain that offer as well. But this young man does something for me that I think is going to be very, very pivotal for not just Ohio State recruiting down the road, but also for Tim Walton down the road. 
you are coming back to coach in college. You talked about this a little bit last week, but I think this angle is a little bit interesting. Coming back to coach in college, you're coaching at a place that you played at. You've been in the NFL for quite a long time. You've been endorsed and pushed and promoted by Jalen Ramsey, one of the better, one of the best defensive backs in the NFL. You're coming back to a place where you could, where you've been a national champion with LSU. You have done phenomenal things in college via coaching. But recruiting right now is different than it was the last time Tim Walton was at Ohio State, or excuse me, was in college coaching, and he was recruiting every single day, every single year. The transfer portal, NIL, social media, the mindset of the athlete. I mean, things are completely different than they were the last time Mr. Walton was consistently coaching college football. And so for him to come in quickly, use the brand of Ohio State, literally walk in and have that have the Ohio State symbol on your chest or on you, you're going to be able to get a lot more eyeballs than you would if you had a Cincinnati or, oh, let's just say um, a Michigan State or, or let's just say an Iowa or Wisconsin, keep it in the Midwest, or even a UCLA, a new Big Ten school. You want to get a whole lot more eyeballs when you have Ohio State right there on you. And he's quickly found a way to navigate the recruiting trail, to evaluate talent, evaluate and predict how this person will, will be able to progress while at Ohio State and say, yeah, he's a good fit for me. Yeah, he's a good fit for me. Yeah, that guy right there, he's a good fit for me. And he's also done a phenomenal job of making connections with these young athletes while they're on campus at Ohio State. Because Jermaine Matthews Jr., even though he is an Ohio kid, he's, he's in Cincinnati. He had an offer from Cincinnati. I believe he took an unofficial and an official visit to Cincinnati as well. All those things are very, very important right now. But if you look at the other schools that are on the list, if Alabama and Jackson State, and Jackson State is one that's HBCU, okay, cool, whatever. Yes, Dion. That's the that's the appeal. Has Dion Sanders coaching. But you also have an Alabama offer here, a Cincinnati offer here, an Ohio State offer here. And you're saying, well, I want to know where I can go, not just to be developed, but where I can go to win, where I can go to get to the next level. Ohio State, if that's the place you choose, that's a Tim Walton effect, man. Like, I don't know another way to, des to describe it. That is the Tim Walton effect. And I firmly, firmly believe we're going to be able to see a lot more things coming from Ohio State in the near future in regards to defensive back recruiting, defensive back development. You think Ohio State was is, is DBU, and some of you may uh, debate that with people on the social media. I stay away from those conversations. But if you think Ohio State's DBU and you have seen a little downslide from the defensive backs at Ohio State, I don't think you should be worried about that very much right now. Honestly, I think we could think about, hey, if Tim Walton stays, we are going to be just fine at this position. Tim Walton effect was all over. Jermaine Matthews Jr. also, I mean, he's an Ohio kid. If you're in the state of Ohio and you get an Ohio State offer, hello, it makes sense. But I think there were other factors that went into him committing to Ohio State this past week. Coming up next, the tight end position. What can we expect from them in 2022? We'll tell you right here on Locked on Buckeyes. As the sun comes out, if small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster 
and for free. Create a free job posting in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experiences so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the right candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Coming up later this week and also throughout the rest of the month, planning on every Friday having a different draft, a position, and the best players at said position over the past 20 years at the Ohio State University. This Friday, planning on having an Ohio State quarterback draft to draft the best quarterbacks at Ohio State that came out of Ohio State over the past 20 years. 2002 was the last time the Buckeyes won the national championship. I do expect a celebration for the Buckeyes that won the Natty in 02 this year at some point during the season, and I can't wait for that. But we can always start reminiscing and thinking about not just that year, but what's happened over the past 20 years at Ohio State, who some of the best quarterbacks have been to be at the school. Trust me, you don't want to miss it coming up this Friday. A draft of quarterbacks, the best that played at Ohio State over the past 20 years. The Ohio State tight end position is one of those positions that's always been tricky to some. To others, like myself, it's kind of self-explanatory. Ryan Day's use of the tight end has not been what you might think it should be or what it could be with the talent that is at this position. If you look at the roster, there are quite a few tight ends, but I don't think that the number of tight ends is going to dictate how Ryan Day uses the position. I firmly think he already knows what's going to happen, but my question is, who's going to be one? Who's going to be two? We already know Mitch Rossi, the H-back position, that is his, and nobody's going to take it. Ohio State currently has eight tight ends on the roster. Let that sink in, because I didn't realize that when I looked at the roster recently, actually, shortly before recording this show, one of them has a familiar last name. His dad used to be a quarterback at Ohio State. He now works for ESPN and the Amazon, Zach Herbstreit. That is correct. Herbstreit's boy is at Ohio State, sitting at six two, 235 pounds. He is a sophomore. You still have Kate Stover, Mitch Rossi, Joe, Joe Royer, G. Scott Jr. Got a guy named Patrick Gerd, Sam Hart, Bennett Christian, who is a freshman. There's a lot of talented, a lot of guys here, a lot of names. Kate Stover recently said he's going to be playing 
tight end at Ohio State this year. He is not going to be playing linebacker or be on the defensive side of the ball. And that makes me wonder, what role does he play? Who is going to have the most receptions at tight end for Ohio State between him and Joe Royer? I firmly think that if you're going to look at how the tight end position was used last year, with Stover, with Ruckert, with Rossi. I know Rossi's a tight end, H-back kind of combo. He's officially listed as a tight end, which is why he is in today's conversation. H-back, I think Ryan Day is going to still use that position, H-back, fullback, tight end, whatever you want to call it. He's 6'1", 245. He is going to be that position, uh, more of a fullback role for Ohio State, H-back role, depending on down and distance and position on the field. But I think when it comes to Kate Stover and Joe Royer, you could see Stover being more of the pass blocking tight end and Joe Royer being a guy who was used more in the passing game. We got to see some nice catches from Royer in the spring game. I think he had a couple touchdowns in the red zone during the spring game. And I'm sitting here watching him and I'm thinking. Cade Stover has really not been a guy who has been used in the passing game very much. Jeremy Rucker was a guy who was who could have been a bigger piece of the pie. Uh, in the passing game for Ohio State. But Ryan Day did not use him in that way. And so with what I have seen, what I'm predicting, and what I think might happen, I don't see Ryan Day going away from his own offense and Kevin Wilson going away from his offense and trying to use more of the tight end for two reasons. It's not, number one, it's not in, we haven't seen it, so why should I think with, what we have now with guys that have not really proven themselves at the position, should I expect a change of their philosophy? But number two, with the receivers that Ohio State has and the amount of talent that is in that room, I don't think you should go and use more tight ends right now and just change things up unless it's in a different part of the field, a specific part of the field. We will discuss that coming up in the very next segment. But I would not be surprised if you see Stover be tight in one, Royer be tight in two, but then Royer is still having more receptions because I do think he is the better pass catcher between those two options. I am not going to be someone that's going to think that you're going to get guys such as um, Bennett Christian, um, Patrick Gerd, Sam Hart to be guys that are in the rotation. Remember how what we saw last year from the other side of the ball, where there are a lot of guys in rotation on defense. Didn't see it on offense. I don't think you're going to see that many rotations on defense this year. And I hopefully, I hope we don't see that on offense this year either. But I do think though, Kate Stover's decision to go back to offense. I think he realized that when it came down to him, uh, still Chambers. Still, Chambers was going to be the linebacker, the starting linebacker there, and the role that Stover was going to play was going to be more of on a limited basis, not a consistent basis where he would be the starter. And I think that he realized staying on offense, if I want to play the, the most, it helped the team in the biggest way. Being on offense is the best thing for me. That does not mean he's going to be the, the have the most pass catches and be the best um, pass catcher at the position. It just means that he's going to get the most clock, the most run, and it really was the biggest need for Ohio State for him to be at tight end right now. Think about this, though. If we had Mr. Stover at linebacker, it's not happening. It's going to play a little mind game, a little hypothetical with you. If Stover was at linebacker, would you trust Joe Royer 
and then G Scott to be your two tight ends, and then Rossi to be more of your eighth back who could still be a two tight set if need be. You probably wouldn't like that. Well, G Scott Jr. stands at 6'3, 225. That's where he's listed. He's probably more closer to two, he's probably between 225 and 230 right now. I don't think you would trust G Scott Jr. in the traditional Ryan Day offense based off his current height, weight, and the way you're projecting him to be as a blocker, and his first time getting snaps, consistent snaps at tight end for the Buckeyes. I wouldn't trust it. I don't think the coaches trust it. I'd be very hesitant to put a guy out there at 225, maybe even 230, who's learning the position and saying, hey, you're going to be tight end two for us. We know you're still learning how to block and figure things out, but hey, we're going to put you out there and figure things out with you on the team at Tight. No, 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 no. You don't do that. That's a weird decision to make. But Kate Stover's ability to block, I believe when you play, have teams such as uh, Wisconsin and Iowa on your schedule and then, and then a Notre Dame, who is not going to be more of that physical front. I mean, they're going to have a physical front, but they're not the type of team like an Iowa or a Wisconsin is. But even against a team like, like Notre Dame, you can still use Stover's experience and his ability to really be a good blocker, a decent blocker, to be someone that can help move the ball and even be a little bit of a decoy to disguise what's going on behind the line of scrimmage. Stover at tight end one makes sense. Royer at tight end two makes sense. Rossi at H-back still makes sense. Rossi having more pass catches than... Stover having the most catches for a tight end on the Buckeyes. That makes sense. Where does G. Scott Jr. fit in on all this? We'll tell you coming up next right here on Locked on Buckeyes. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. G. Scott Jr. is a player that you might say, Jay, he's been lost in the sauce. He has not been utilized as properly as we think he should. So I'm going to ask you. I'm not going to respond for you. Leave it in the, in the comment section. What role do you think Ohio State should use for G. Scott Jr.? What do you think? Do you think it should be more of a receiver who's played in spot duty? Do you think it should be more of a tight end one, tight end two for Ohio State? What do you think the role for G. Scott Jr. should be with this team? I firmly think that Ryan Day could use G. Scott Jr., Short yardage situations as a split out, a, a tight end that's outside, not one line of scrimmage, but more in that slot position, a split out tight end, but also really primarily, not just short yardage saying uh, second and three, third and two, those type of situations. Maybe you want to have a crack back block where he split out. Um, let's say on one side, on the outside, on the outside, you have Marvin Harrison Jr. to your right inside him to the left of him at the slot is G Scott Jr. And then right inside of that and him is 
all caged over. And so let's just say you want to have that being the side of the ball, third and two on your own 48, and you want to run the ball. And instead of the defense having a guy covering up G. Scott Jr., nobody's covering him up, but they're still taking away the slant on the inside via the outside backer. Next thing you know, snap of the ball, G. Scott Jr. comes down left. Crackback block on um, the outside backer that's there taking, taking away the slot. Next thing you know, Trevin Henderson goes around for a five-yard gain. First down, move the chains. That can be something you see there. But I do think he could be in the passing game, the passing threat in the red zone. 20 on in, maybe 15 or, or 15 on in, 20 on in. That'll be G. Scott Jr.'s possibly bread and butter, butter in the passing game. Once again, little scenario we're going to play for you. 68-225 and your slot to the right. And your slot to the left, yeah, getting a little interesting here. Slot to the left. Um, not really slot to the left. And you're he's gonna be on your slot to your right. Jackson, Jackson Smith and Jigba is solo on the left side. Not normal for him, but he's solo to the left side. And then the next thing you know, you have Marvin Harrison Jr. on the right side of the field. Okay, you got a corner right there on and Jigba. Do you put a linebacker on G. Scott Jr.? Do you bring a safety down on G. Scott Jr.? It could be crazy. Now let's play another scenario. Right trips to the right with a tight end on the second slot position. Um, outside Marvin Harrison Jr. One slot inside of him is going to be Jackson Smith and Jigba. The tight end inside of and Jigba is going to be G. Scott Jr. On the other side, you, you're going to have a Julian Fleming or an Emeka Egbuka. Think about that scenario right there. You're still having a tight end. You're not going to have a tight end on the line of scrimmage. You're going to have a back in the backfield, first and 10 on the opponent's 20-yard line. Who's like He can provide different mismatches due to his height, due to his ability to be more physical than your average receiver. He's more skillful than your average tight end in the passing game. Those are different scenarios we have with G. Scott Jr. as far as things that Ryan Day could do. Now, you may say, Jay, Ryan Day is not normally running these running these formations. Ryan Day does not normally split a guy out wide. Well, think about what you saw from Jeremy Ruckert last year. There were times Ruckert was split out and he was not on the line of scrimmage because we knew, and there was actually one time he was split out wide by himself to the wide side of the field with nobody else on that side. These are things we can do. Ryan Day just doesn't really throw the ball to the tight end. Rucker was a phenomenal tight end, and I do think we may see a, a scenario like what we saw from Michael Thomas, where once he gets to the NFL, he just blossoms and flourishes in a bigger way than he, than he did at Ohio State because the offense that he's in now allows him to use all of his skill set. Every tool in his bag might be used in New York. Just like when we saw Michael Thomas go down to New Orleans, Michael Thomas really just went off. It wasn't that he didn't go off at Ohio State or he couldn't go off at Ohio State. Honestly, it was simply one of those things where the offense and the quarterback really didn't allow Michael Thomas to use every tool in his bag. I believe G. Scott Jr. can have a phenomenal role in this def defense. That boy don't play defense, can have a phenomenal role in this offense. I firmly, firmly think that. I also think it's going to take Ryan Day, Kevin Wilson, and the other coaches to really put their heads together, as well as your now passing game coordinator, Brian Hartline, to really say, G. Scott Jr., what's the best role for him? How can he make us be the most prolific and efficient offense in the country?
you figure that out, put it down on pen and paper, discuss with him the role that you have for him, and then execute said role. I do think G. Scott Jr. can have a, a, a decent year this year. Now, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's going to be all conference. I'm not saying any of that. It's going to be hard to be all conference when you're not a starter on your team. However, I think there's a role for him in certain spot places on the field where G. Scott Jr. can be that guy, can be a guy that could be, hey, do you want to split out um, Joe Royer in this situation? No, nah, let's bring in somebody else. A little faster, a little quicker, a little shiftier. Let's bring somebody else in in this role. Maybe it's going to be Royer. Maybe it could be Stover. But I do think if you want to bring somebody to your best pass-catching tight end in the red zone or short yard situations, or if you even if you need someone to block a little bit, short yardage, because of the skill set, G. Scott Jr. can be the person for that role. Guys, thank you so much for spending your 4th of July with me, with Lawton Buckeyes, here on this Monday. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. You can also send all of your emails to jstevens317 at gmail.com. Thank you for making Lawton Buckeyes your first listen every day. And now is the perfect time to check out the Locked On Big Ten podcast so you know more about your team and what is coming up with the, your team's next opponent and everything going on across the Big Ten landscape with the Locked On Big Ten podcast. Everyday host Nate Dickinson and the local experts of Locked On take you across the Big Ten in 30 minutes. Make Locked On Big Ten your second listen of the day. Once again, that's Locked On Big Ten, which is just like Locked On Buckeyes. They are both free and available wherever you get your fine podcast.